Hey guys, this is officially episode 200. I am blown away with how far this thing has gone, and I am so humbled with so many of you reaching out to me, you know, asking me questions, giving me ideas for solo episodes, and I just want to thank each and every one of you week in, week out, listening to me ramble, interviewing amazing people, and I honestly don't know what to do or what to say to, like, thank you. Like, I, I'm honestly speechless because I, when I first started this thing, I did not think it would get this big, get this far, and just thank you guys. Like, I fucking love each and every single one of you for supporting me and I am so happy to share this next episode with you because Lee Peel is probably my most influential and in, like most admired person in the industry that I look up to and a little backstory when I first started the industry I started listening to a podcast that she was on and like every day driving to the gym I was listening to her talk and I was like fuck one she's amazing two she knows her shit and I've learned so much from her and I remember the first time I had her on my show the interview went really really well and then after you know I usually chat with the guests for a couple minutes to kind of catch up and you know shoot the shit and when I interviewed her, we ended up chatting for almost two hours and she sincerely like was interested in what I did and she gave me so many different compliments on how, you know, she looks up to me too with how I train clients, how I approach them, how I present myself online and I was like, holy fuck, like this idol of mine is telling me how awesome I am, like I have... I honestly think I'm brand new every single day I wake up. I'm like, oh, I'm just a new trainer. I'm just a new trainer. But, you know, I've been in this industry for nine freaking years. And now I'm only realizing that, oh, maybe I do know what I'm talking about. And I don't know. It's just a humbling experience to have had her on my show after so many years listening to her on another podcast. But I thought it was going to be perfect and fitting to have Lee Peel join the show one more time as she's an absolute favorite of mine and probably one of my most favorite people on this earth. And without further ado, here is episode 200 with Lee Peel. We get into a really go with the flow conversation on what she's doing currently, continuing education, school, anxiety, you know, your nervous system, like we go all over the place. This episode, as always, is jam-packed with a lot of information, and I really hope you enjoy it. Thanks. All right, sweet. So how, how, how have you been? What's what's new in your life? I'm good. Uh, well, right now, um, I have I have some company over, and uh, I was downstairs. I'm being out of record downstairs, and I was yeah. downstairs, and I've, I've been looking at uh, Christmas, like, He's shopping, you know, so, uh, oh my God, dude, I've been on a hunt for like over 24 hours and I decided I was going to make it stop. I'm just buying one I saw for wireless earbuds because Katie wants some wireless earbuds. Yeah. And, um, but she doesn't want the Apple kind. She wants like some more, like a foam little thing and just inside mm-hmm. the ear. And I swear to God, I, I think I've spent more time researching that than I did like any study that I've gone over in the past, like <laughs> few months. Like That's I've awesome. done some serious effort. So other than that, things are good. Yeah, I, I uh, little, little traveling, hanging out, um, life stuff, writing. Um, I'm going to school right now too, a little bit. So um, that's been fun because you know I have more time in the day uh, for that. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I am going back to get the get the psych degree. So um, so so trying to work that in too. I got I got some stuff going on. I'm a little busy. That's awesome. Sorry, are you ready for uh, Christmas then? Not at all. Not even a little. Not in the least. I'm not ready for it because <laughs> we have we have company, and she's 
leaving in a couple of days. And, um, and then after that, we're, we're dog sitting and we have all this other stuff going on. And I don't exactly know when stuff's going to get wrapped. And I'm a psycho about it because I have to have like a thousand and one presents under the tree and I have to, you know, get everything. And so, yeah, no, I'm not ready, dude. I'm not ready at all. Um, I don't know exactly how it's going to get done, but it always ends up getting done, so I, I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be another one of those years. You um, have, have any particular holiday plans? Um, so, like, this year has been so freaking busy for me, and I feel like I'm, like, just playing catch-up for Christmas, because usually it's, like, right after Remembrance Day, it's, like, boom, tree up, we're getting stuff ready. Yeah. But uh, also because my wife's in med school right now, so it's, like... <laughs> I come home at, like, 8 p.m., and then she's studying until, like, 11 p.m. after she comes back from school at, like, 5 or 6. And then it's, like, Monday to Friday like that. And then, like, our whole whole house is a disaster because nothing's getting done. But uh, now she's done with exams, so she has, like, some time. And, you know, we got the tree up. We still have a bunch of boxes of Christmas shit just, like, lying around. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, our house is a disaster. But we did some Christmas shopping over the weekend. And seeing Canada, Canada Post is on strike. So it's like if you go on Amazon, it's like you could get your package by January 7th. I'm like, fucking oh my God, awesome. Yeah. Your post is on strike? Why is it on strike? Um, I didn't know this. Yeah, they did this also, I think, two or three years ago. And then the Canadian government just forced them back to work with less pay. So, yeah, like it, like it's a soft strike because they still have like the random male man or woman coming like once a week just to like load your box with just ads of shit <laughs> and then that's it <laughs> but uh yeah so i couldn't do really any kind of like amazon shopping because last year i did everything online oh my god i don't know what i do that's like how i'm doing most of my shopping yeah. so i had to oh. physically go to a store this weekend i was like what, what? is this crazy. shit <laughs> this is bullshit shopping in person no that's yeah wow okay that's that's really nuts i didn't realize that um yeah. good to know yeah. good to know <laughs> um, well i i'm sorry you guys are kind of strangers pat like ships passing in the night a little bit that's that's <laughs> how, how much longer is that going to be going on how long will she be in school um so she's gonna be in school for another three years because she just start uh, well four years essentially because she just started this september and oh, yeah God. but she's loving oh. it as much as she's stressed about it she loves it that's great. That's great. That's great. But, oh, wow, that's going to be fun. Fun <laughs> fun in your house. <laughs> yeah. But uh, what made you want to go back to school and get your psych degree? Well, you know, that's what I do with people, <laughs> honestly. And I thought, and I really, you know, I, I could I could go the route that I've been going for uh, years, and what should I say? You know, basically, I don't have any credentials. Um, I'm not special in any way, shape, or form. Just listen to what I have to say. I'm really smart. I can keep going that route. And it's not a bad route to go. Um, and in the meantime, I'll still go that route. But um, if I feel like the more that you get into the area of not not that it's necessarily medical or treatment or diagnosis or things like that, but the more that you kind of get into that that arena realm, the more that you you probably do need to have some professional credentials to kind of back up your name. And I read all the books and I do all the research, and that's fine. But if I'm going to get published in any sort of quality uh, papers or, you know, basically the rule of the game is you either get popular enough to where they don't care, right? <laughs> you get popular enough to where they don't care what your credentials are, or you've got to have the credentials in order to write, um, and be listened to. So, um, I figure whichever one comes first, huh? <laughs> uh, either I, I completely get so popular. I don't, I don't have to do it and I can just sit and read my research studies and my books and be happy with that. Or, um, I, I have the credentials and I can say the things that I want to say and someone goes, well, where did you go to school? And I can be like, well, no, I did go to school. And it's like, oh, well, I guess I have to find another ad hominem attack to, uh, <laughs> to prove my point. Um, but sometimes it's good to have that one knocked out. So honestly, that's why. Because everything that I'm going to be studying, um, unless I get to a PhD level and, and even that, I already know, or it's technical stuff, you know, it's getting the technical creds knocked out. Um, and then that's fine. That's fine. But sometimes you got to jump through those hoops, but I like it. I like it. It's it, right now. I'm just knocking out a bunch of credits. Uh, it's, it's not going to get too much uh, difficult until maybe year four or year five. If I decide to do the master's route and things like that, that's, that's the only time that it would get, uh, kind of difficult. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's just knocking it out piece by piece, you know? Um, it's fun though. It's fun. I like being told what to do. No one ever tells me what to do anymore. So uh, it's kind of nice having someone tell me what to do. 
So did you end up going to university straight out of high school, or did you not go at no, all? I didn't even. No, I didn't even graduate. Um, I, I no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't graduate high school. Um, Good for I, you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't. I, I, no, I did go back and I got my GED. Yeah. Um, and uh, and and things like that. And and I did. You know, I did complete all the courses that I need to do. You know, for for my CPT and and thing and 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 like that. But yeah, no, I didn't. Um, I didn't graduate high school. You know, it was it was a it was an interesting upcoming. Um, when I was 15, they they kind of they kind of dropped me into the office because I was I was kind of a problem <laughs> student and and they put out this form in front of me and they said sign it and I was like well you know what is it and they were like you don't have to come back just sign it because <laughs> uh, in, in in our in our state you're not allowed to drop out until you're 16 uh, and and I was like really and they're like yeah so I I put my signature on it I walked out and um, and then later I got my GD uh, so I that you know and uh and gds are relatively you know they're they pretty are good equivalents at least they used to be I'm, I'm, i don't know exactly now but i got the gd and and you know i, I just kind of went about my way and i've been reading books and doing the kind of goodwill hunting library card education ever since but there is there's a truth to i think being challenged and and being having to decide um a different viewpoint of how you come about the education, especially when it gets to a higher point. You know, a lot of it right now that I'm doing is the the basic liberal arts kind of trek, and and um, it's it's great. I mean, it's it's awesome. It, it forces me to maybe learn something I didn't want to learn. Specifically, having to go back to the math, uh, and you know, I'm doing some stats classes. That's fun because uh, it was always the thing that I hate the most. But uh, you know, uh, it's 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 nice being my my life is so so proactive. It's nice to be reactive a little bit. I don't, there's not a lot of reactivity in my, in my life. Everything I do is so proactive. So it's kind of nice to have someone to sit there and be like, well, read this and tell me what you think about this. All right, sure. Why not? Uh, I could do that. But it's interesting. Like there's some coaches out there that, you know, you could have gone down the university route or you just do a bunch of different certifications and now you can train people. And I was kind of like the position I was in when I got out of high school. I'm like, I want to train people. I do not want a kinesiology degree where after I graduate, after four years, I'm putting a heating pad on a patient. That's not cool. And I'm like, and I yeah. don't want to become a chiro or physio, so why would I go down that route? But now what's interesting is like, I think I told you this last time when we were chatting that I'm working with a chiropractor directly with her patients doing active rehab. And like, kind of like you where I'm just like reading everything I can get my hands on. I'm super interested in how the body works. And then when I start talking to patients, they're like, oh, so are you a physio? And I'm like, no, but I'm pretty much am. Yeah. You know, and it, regulation and yeah. I'm not exactly sure how they do it in Canada. Um, but, you know, regulation and the way that all that works. I mean, it, there's a degree of it in which that you go, well, yeah, we have to have some sort of oversight to make sure that people aren't harming other people or they're not just going out there and trying to do things with, with not within their scope and, and, and things like that. And, and I, I do agree to a point with that, but the, the flip side of it is, is that eventually when you get into this field and you get into the critical thinking of it and the analyzation of it and you read enough studies and then you see the variables and the flaws of those studies and you see the complexities of, of the politics of those studies getting published and, you know, You've been in the game, and and you figure out what you need for your clients, or what you need for your research, or what just gets you going. You you really do realize that it 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 all goes back to people. It all goes back to to there's a guy or or a woman, but I say I say guy non-gender specifically. And there's a guy somewhere with with power with who makes a call. There's a guy somewhere who makes a call, and he you know. He or she decides this is going to be relevant. This is going to be the area that we push forward on our research. This is going to be where we put our area and focus of studies. And now we're going to lead and guide everyone through that guide, and we're going to keep going in that manner. And I think that's a really amazing and scary moment when you realize that you know everything in our education and everything in our governing body system and our regulations of whatever it is and you know physical therapy or uh, dentistry um you know you name it any anything that has like a regulated board rds you know registered dietitians and stuff like that 
um, there's a write-off that they have to follow. There's there's protocol, and somebody makes a decision somewhere, and then we have to get on board with that decision. And that's great if it works out. It's great if if we're leading in the right direction, and it's and it's great if if everybody is on the the right kind of critical thinking. Uh, pages that have little confirmation bias as much as possible and are really pointed in the right direction. It's not so great if there's a lot of infiltration of uh, agenda or dogmatic views or the wrong kind of money or, or uh, the wrong, wrong kind of agenda that's being set. And that's where it kind of comes back to um, individuals being able to apply their personal work to their field is, is a really amazing thing. I, I like to look at, in our industry particularly, like Nick Timonello. Um, he's got no letters behind his name mm-hmm. of any sort of relevance or importance, you know. But he's one of the people that's in charge of being, he's, he's helping being part of our textbooks. He's helping being part of governing and leading the minds of our industry in directions. And it's because he's proven to have really quality uh, critical thinking and, and application in the field and, and, and a hard worker. So I, I do think that there can be, you know, exceptions to the rules. You know, you can, by all accounts, um, be an active physio, <laughs> you know, even if you're, you know, you're not, not technically. And, um, and I certainly have toyed and teetered with um, many scopes uh, that were, were not my own. I think, I think the difference is, is that I know what I'm allowed to do and what I'm not. Um, I know what lines that I, you know, would never cross and, and the things that you, you can do and you can't do. And, and, and uh, I think it's, it's just understanding a certain level of ethical and moral responsibility to the client. But I personally think that that's true even if you have a letters behind your names. So I think that we should always be really careful uh, with how much absolutism that we make. Those absolute statements, I think, are what really can get people in trouble. Here's your diagnosis. Here's your path for the rest of your life. Here's who you're going to be. Um, sorry about it. Uh, here's your prescription, or here's your uh, your damage. Uh, you know, I'm I'm a professional. I know these things. That's very dangerous. That's that's very. Um, to me, it, I I think that that's that's a place that very few people should ever. Uh, even think about dancing or going into in which that they make any sort of finite uh, kind of applications or decisions. So um, it's it's interesting, and and I'm and I'm curious to see where it's going to go, especially in a regulation sense. You know, I, especially as things kind of move forward, um, I'm I'm always curious to see where the field's going to play out. That was a big controversy about a decade ago, and and I imagine it's going to probably pop up again. You know. But but yeah. Um, I, I think it's great to self-educate. I will always be behind self-education. I, I will always be behind teaching yourself something. Um, I think that sometimes you just have to kind of jump through the hoops and make sure that other people feel safe about your education and teachings and stuff like that. So. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that you're going back to school because I did the exact same thing and also taking psychology at the same time as you. This is hilarious. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm really... I've always been into... I mean, I'm going to be honest. It, there's not... Anything that I've looked at in the curriculum that I haven't already, I haven't already looked at, or I haven't already read, and um, I'm I'm curious to to maybe to see. I, I like the idea of maybe being challenged, but you know, I've I've been reading James and and Young, and I've I've been. I mean, I'm not a huge Freud fan, although I appreciate certain things, but um, behavioral psychology, the researches of, of all these things, procrastination, um, you name it, all the things that came into account because, you know, my first thing was how to get people to lose body fat, how to get them to do these things. How does the technicality of it all work? And that was a fun little trek I took for a while. It was a fun trek and we all have our own trek to understand that. But then I, I found very quickly, there was this, um, very large group of individuals who just, for whatever reason, couldn't get it done. They had all the information. They had desire. They had they had the willpower by all accounts. They had the ability, but they still couldn't achieve what it is they wanted to achieve. And being that I am a troubleshooter and I am a nitpicker and I want to get in there and figure it out, I get really fascinated. Why? Like, why? You want something. You want to do something. And that applies across the board. You know, motivation and and, and procrastination, all those things that can apply in anything from business to, you know, uh, dreams, goals, whatever. Uh, but um, it really fascinated me how much people could desire to want to do something but not be able to achieve doing it. 
Uh, and I still get fascinated by that, and I still get fascinated about what the keys are to turn those locks. And so that's where I, I, yeah, I started putting a heavy amount of focus of my research. But, you know, at the end of the day, I turn back and I look at what my quote-unquote job title is or what it is that I'm doing. And, well, I'm just a lowly little personal trainer, you know, with a, a NASM CPT. And, um, you know, I, I started thinking about the fact that I wanted to transition and, and help things on a broader scale or a broader, broader spectrum and, and to kind of come at my come at my job from different angles because ultimately I see gaps. I see holes. I see holes in the industry. I saw holes in the industry when I first started. That's why I said some of the things that I said, for better or for worse. That's why I said some of the things I said. Now um, I, I see even more gaps with every you have to be in a caloric deficit meme that gets thrown out there. And while I do appreciate the simplicity of it and I've been a part of simplicity of it, it's also not that simple. And you can make people feel as stupid as you want to make them feel and, and break things down into the uh, ultimate level of simplicity that you can. But at the end of the day, if you're not helping them, you're just celebrating your own ego. And um, I really want to move beyond that and be able to help the individuals as much as possible. And I don't really know uh, a better way for me to do that than to be able to talk more about the psychology of things uh, and, and kind of play a little bit more in that arena. And obviously for the first many years that I'm going to be doing this, it'll be the psychology of it in the arena of, of, of fat loss, fitness, sports training, those kinds of things, because it is where I've had the most experience of it in use and in, and in actual practice. But I'm also fascinated by the psychology of, of depression and anxiety and, um, and panic and, um, coping mechanisms and coping skills and, uh, uh, and, and stress mechanisms, uh, as it's something that affects my life personally. And it's something that affects a lot of my clients' life. So, um, I, I just think that it keeps me from being pigeonholed and shut in into a small zone and being, I'm a, I'm an emotional claustrophobic kind of individual. I, I do not like that. So uh, I really like the idea of being able to explore all the places that I want to go. I'm happy you so. brought up like anxiety because I haven't even brought this up on my show yet. And what's interesting is like I'm working with a client right now that has high, high amounts of anxiety. And she also has a shit ton of crap going on with her body. And I think it's almost like nerve related to a point where she's so tense where she can't actually relax. So like the hip scour test, for example, like, I'm taking her leg, and I'm like, relax. She's like, I am. I'm like, you are fully tense. Like, you're trying to, like, prevent me from moving your leg. And she'll get, like, random nerve pain, like, like sciatic type of pain going down her right leg one day. The next day, it's on her left side. The next day, it's on both sides. The next day, she has nothing, and then it's into her neck and shoulder. She's seen physios, chiros, nothing's been working. She's got an MRI. Spine is super okay. And I'm kind of like... Maybe it's her anxiety that's like infiltrating her entire body into her nervous system. So I'm kind of curious of your thoughts on anxiety itself. Well, I mean, obviously, I, I, I couldn't say for that particular individual, but any research I've ever seen myself, my personal experiences and things like that, anxiety and stress, it, it manifests. It's fascinating how, how, do, how it'll manifest and change and, and alter the very the very course of our, of our, of our nature. And, um, I remember in my early days of, of, of personal training, um, especially in person, because I, I have moved a lot more, um, online or in distance coaching and, and I deal a lot less with the, the physical aspects of things, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, basic programming and stuff like that, but the hands-on work is a lot less. So a lot of this is, is, is a little bit more past based or, uh, in, in current beta work that I do that's like free stuff. But I remember being so obsessed with trying to get people to relax. <laughs> you know, like, like uh, I, I remember being like, I, I don't understand because I'm a very, even though I have a lot of emotional or, or like kind of uh, mental like trip ups in my head, uh, I'm hypermobile and I'm massively fluid. <laughs> so, um, you know, one of the hardest things for me is kind of not to tense up, but I've got a very surfer pot smoking body right like it's just whatever man like you're cool and it's very loose and um being able to isolate or make my body very fluid and uh and, and mobile is something that's very easy for me so i found it so 
uh, frustrating when I would come across clients and I'd be like, well, no, just, just kind of relax. Like just kind of, you know, get, get loose in that, get loose in your hips, do this, relax. <laughs> that, that would be kind of where I would start out with things. Be like, just like, and then eventually I could, it was almost the point of be like, no, calm down. You need to calm down. Like you're really tense. Like you're a really tense person. This is really tense. And, and, and I, and I, I realized early on with working with people is that the, the physical always manifested, almost always manifested with the personality. I mean, it, it really did. I, I don't think in, in my life I've ever uh, met a lot of people who had very low levels of tenseness in, in their in their body, um, or sorry, that, that had very high level tenseness in their body and didn't also have high levels of emotional kind of like strain and anxiety and stress. And um, there is research that, that looks at um, the kind of level of like muscle tension and how much muscle tension individuals carry in their body versus like their rate of anxiety. And it does correlate, you know, high levels of, of emotional stress, trauma, history of trauma, um, uh, anxiety and depression or whatnot can correlate with high levels of uh, muscle tension, fibromyalgia, um, lots of um, neurological muscular disorders. So there's, there's all those kind of histories tied in there. And, um, I, I do think that there, there's a potential bridge there that, that maybe we could focus and, and address and hit these kinds of, of, of issues by relaxing the body at breathing exercises are, are very important and, and allowing people to actually just not be tense and not be in their head. And, um, but it's really hard, you know, you can't just talk to someone and say, Hey, you know, relax, calm down, loosen up, like physically, uh, um, there's physical manifestations that are taking place. It's a protection mechanism that's, that's taking place. It's, it's a defense mechanism. It's an expression mechanism. All of those things are there. So, um, I, I'm curious to see one of the, my favorite things about the thought of all of this and the psychology and the, the personal training or the fitness world is you know, we entered into a lot of this realm with clients that come to us a lot of times because they either want to feel better or they want to look better. Um, and our jobs were primarily about movement. That's that's our jobs, you know, and, um, and physio work or, or personal training work, whichever it is, it's, it's about movement. That's what it's about. Um, and so much of what we do has absolutely nothing to do with movement. <laughs> you know, it might be something that we do in a secondary sense, or it might be kind of how we go about applying or approaching something, but movement isn't what usually drives someone into that. It's, it's safety. It's uh, feeling good about yourself. It's emotional and, and physical well-being. It's, it's all these things in which that movement doesn't seem to be the core of what it is that we're approaching. It's, it's this kind of secondary. And I'm so curious to see how much we are going to be able to blend these systems and and have them come together in which that um, your your therapist is is in direct conversation with your physio, you know, or vice versa, in which that we have those kind of crossover fields in which that we can hopefully help people understand how to bridge those gaps between the two. And because I think it's an important place. I think that movement's very important for mental health. I think that, um, mental health is very important for our ability and achievement and movement. You know, like when you look at the belief system of, of our ability to be able to do something, um, when you look at the research studies about individuals believing that they can do something and not getting hurt in their attempts to trying to do something, you know, hesitation injury and stuff like that. So there's, there's so much there and, uh, I'm looking forward to these next many years and seeing how that kind of combines, uh, the two models coming together. I, I think it's, um, really brilliant work that we're on the edge of and, and seeing new things open up. Yeah, and I think uh, like how I look at it is like movement is almost like the gate opener to what's actually really going on because when I train clients in person and they, you know, get through their warm-up and I'm like, oh, so like how are things going? And then they just unload on you with everything going on in their life and you're yeah. like, oh, okay, there's, there's some shit going on here. <laughs> No, again, again, I mean, that's most of my, and, and I, I, I've joked about this for years and at some point it kind of clicked that I was like, well, no, you know, it actually, it really is kind of like therapy. Um, but you know, I, <laughs> we can only tell somebody to do, or did you go to the gym? Did you do your stuff? Or, you know, you can count reps with them or you can do whatever. 
but eventually the you get to the heart you get to know who they are you get to the heart of who they are you, you get to understand their their very being and what makes them tick and I, I don't find that you can move from goal to goal or, or achievement to achievement without understanding why, what you're doing, what you want, what it's all going to be about, who you are as a person, what the meaning behind it is. You know, I, I've never seen someone really achieve their goals very well because they're like, well, I mean, my doctor told me that I guess I should get some more exercise, so I thought I'd get some more exercise. And maybe that conversation slightly scared them. Maybe it slightly gave them a bit of panic or anxiety in which that made them feel that they needed to do something. But if they don't truly understand the purpose of that or the why to it, they're going to fall off in their sessions, they're going to disappear, and that's going to be that. you got to really understand why you're doing the things that you're doing and, and why you're going to move forward. And uh, in those movement sessions with you know training and with getting your, your body stronger, you have to see the big picture. You should want to be able to move and agile for the sake of, of livelihood and being able to explore your goals when you have them. Sometimes it's preparation for things that happen in the future, but you'll be able. Sometimes it's for safety and protection and feeling a little bit better about the ability to to maneuver in a predatorial world, which is something we very much live in. And, you know, it, having the ability to have your health and strength is is so much more than vanity. And then with that too, knowing that you're the kind of person that would put in the effort to do that, knowing that you're the kind of person that's disciplined and, and are not going to phone it in every day. These things build into your character. They believe in your, they, they build into your self-efficacy. And, and that's really in the belief in yourself to be able to do something, the belief in yourself to be able to follow through with something and the belief in yourself to be able to achieve something. That's kind of important. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of it's kind of everything. So, you know, personal trainers, physios, um, we we may play in a lot of arenas, and sometimes we may even play in a lot of arenas wrongly or before we should, or or we have opinions about a lot of things. But I do think that it's because when we get in front of our clients and we're working with things, we see that life is so much more than pick the weight up and put it down. Yeah, it's it's so much more than that. It's it's it really is helping people figure out the makeup of their of their actual existence and guide through the world. That's what it's always been for me. It's it's and I talk to my clients about everything. We talk about everything, and um, and we try to work on everything. And and uh, of course, again within scope. And and I don't pretend I'm something that I'm not. But uh, I think it's really important for. Our clients understand that um, we're there for them um, outside of just, you know, kinetic chain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like when I first started in the industry, I was always about like, okay, this person wants to lose weight. They got to look better. They got to do this. They got to do that. But then after a couple of years of kind of like realizing the big picture, now what I tell people, like anyone I meet, I'm like, if you could do one thing for your health, I would love to see you work out one day a week for the rest of your life and just like that's a non-negotiable and then yep. they almost like oh what do you mean is that, that I don't think that's enough and I'm like no if you're consistent like every single week and like you know Wednesday at 7 p.m. is your day at the gym and that one day added up over the span of how many decades you have left in your life you're gonna move better feel better like mental health is gonna improve like every facet of your life will improve and I have so many clients have trained with me for like seven years with one day a week and they still get strong they do other active things on their own and it just like switches and changes their lifestyle completely and they respond really well to that yeah yeah, yeah I mean that yeah and, and and that's the thing you know consistencies the consistency because it's not just I think people people get in their heads about as if, and, and we get so rebellious, you know, we get so, I don't want to be told what to do, or I have another have to in my life. You know, we have all these have tos. I have to do this. I have to pay my mortgage. I have to go to my job. I have to work out. I have, you know, have to, have to, have to. And they miss the brilliance, I think. And I have done this myself. Um, they miss the brilliance and the beauty of your personal driven consistency of want to, you know, they miss that. I want to do this. I, I want to be consistent of that. I want to show up. I want to be this kind of person. I, I, 
I want this to be a definer of my characteristic. And I think, I think that that's brilliant. You know, what you say, like show up once a week, you know, just do your thing. Like, this is the thing. It's non-negotiable. And I believe so much in, in, in non-negotiable behavior. And, you know, every day for me, um, movement, it's not negotiable. I have to move every day. I, it is, it is what I have to do. It, it doesn't mean that I have to train heavy and lift, you know, uh, three times body weight every day, but I have to move every day. I have to move. I have to go outside. I have to see the world. I have to move and I have to be a part of uh, the movement of the, of the world. It's, it's, it's not negotiable and it has nothing to do with feeling like I have to, it's because I want to. And, and that's for me and, you know, for everybody else that they have a different kind of want to in their life that, but I really do think that movement and exercise and trying to stay agile and strong, I really do think that that should change from being a part of a have to, to a want to type of mentality. And I do think that once you get into that, that mindset with it and, and you really embrace it for the brilliance that it is that, um, your relationship with it changes and that, that relationship is really, really important. Uh, I, I believe that the relationship that we have with our diet and our exercise being a, a co-existence um, of mental health and, and wellness and, and, it, and it being something that we want to do and it being something that we are excited to do and that we don't look at as a chore. I know that for me, the relationship got better when that, that switch flipped and, uh, I think that it's it's something really important that we need to have in that emotional and internal dialogue. I, I want to do these things. These are things that I want to do. And maybe sacrifice isn't always a part of that. But sacrifice and training and health, they are not synonymous. And people think that they are, but they're not. You do not have to have sacrifice and good health. <laughs> you do not have to have sacrifice and good diet. It's, they, they don't, they're not a synonymous thing. They, they, they aren't they aren't a parasitical relationship. You, know, you, 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 I, I have very little sacrifice in which that is revolved around my diet and my training. Um, I, sometimes I do, you know, sometimes I, I have to be a big girl and put on my, my big girl pants and be like, Oh, you can't, can't fit your pants anymore. So now you need to put on different pants. <laughs> but you know, um, sometimes sacrifices in there and sometimes you have to make the call. But uh, if someone came up to me and they're like, how do you sacrifice so much? How do you, how do you make these calls? I, I, I would 100% turn to them and say, none of that is a sacrifice. Not one bit of it. I don't feel like that I'm sacrificing anything. I'm doing all this because I want to. I'm doing all this because it feels good. It makes me feel good. And I, I think if you're not there with your relationship with diet and training and, and all that, then, then it's, you need to figure that out. And, and it's a, not an easy place to get to. I'm, I don't want to preach from a pedestal of... of of perfectness, but uh, it is important to get there. And, and I think that that's our goal to try to help our clients with get, getting there, which is one of the reasons that I don't like the, the, the shame and yell and, and um, torture aspect of training. You know, I'm not saying it doesn't have its place and I'm not saying it can't be fun and motivation. And I, I'm not saying it can't serve something. I kind of like it more in an irony than, <laughs> than a literal. Um, but uh, I, I do think for long term, the long game, the long psychology game of things, our goal with our clients is to get them to not see it anymore as to sacrifice and to get them to see it as something that they, they really enjoy and want part of their life. And like, it kind of bugs me when people look at exercise and like clean eating as like punishment and it's like, it, it should be enjoyable. Like I love hearing like clients tell me that there's a certain exercise that they look forward to doing every single time they're in the gym and then like I try to design a program around getting better that one exercise and then constantly giving that message where these three exercises in your program are going to get you better at say your deadlift for whatever reason. And now they get like super excited about the whole thing and they can't wait until next week to come back to it. And then like all of our freaking media out there that's like telling you that every single food is like the worst thing for you it just bugs the shit out of me. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's it's the thing where you have this is a learning process. That's one. You know, it's it's not as if I've been in this industry for over well over a decade. 
I know all tra- I, I know all, all the exercises. You know, every once in a while there'll be some guy that rolls up in my Facebook feed, and I'm like, I don't know what that is. I don't even know if we should be doing it, but it's new. Other than that, <laughs> I, I you know I've been to the circus and I've seen all the puppet show, right? And seen it with the eating too. I've tried the worst of smoothies and I've tried the most decadent of, uh, of chocolate cakes and uh, I've tried terrible protein products. <laughs> you know, I've, I've been there. We've all been there, right? We, we go through it and, and, and we get there. And I think that people miss that this is, that everything is a collection of knowledge. It is a building of your capability and your understanding of what it is that, that you're trying to learn how to do. If you go into a training situation and you're new, you know, or you're just, you're kind of getting the hang of things and there's so little joy in personal training for the most part. It's, it's very mechanical. The kind of people that are in it are usually dry. Let's be perfectly honest. You know, I, I, I mean, in, in the personal training field and industry, it's, it's, it's an odd collection of individuals and usually a lot of people that, that can be into physics and mechanics and things like that. It's not to say that they don't have any personality, but, but sometimes their ability to connect with the emotional can be somewhat difficult, which is why they kind of go into that arena. So you have a lot of people that, that can be really about the mechanics and the dryness of it and getting into the technical ability of move this hinge that, you know, this is this angle that you want to come at this and, you're you're having all these people interact and deal with lay gen pop individuals who are just wanting to figure out if they even like exercise, what exercises they might like, how they would want to keep doing this for the rest of their life, if it's something that's even possible. And what you end up having, I find, more than not, is is a bunch of really clashing of personalities and attitudes that are not remotely going to stick because one person's trying to put their worldview of personal training on someone who probably could care less about much of anything and just want to find a couple exercises that they like to do, you know? And, and it, and it, it really is a, is a, is a poor, I mean, and that's with anything. I mean, that's with, you know, therapy, that's with, you name it. I mean, that's going to go across the field. Someone knows something or has knowledge or skill of something, and they're trying to pass it off that knowledge of skill to somebody else. And, um, I think that they forget that. I think that we forget that. I, I think that people forget that. And it's like, how about what does someone like to do and try to help them do stuff that they like to do? And if you get a client that goes into the gym and you find some exercises that they really enjoy doing, who cares if they're not getting the most full balance training program? Okay, sometimes it doesn't happen. You know, it's, sometimes it's just not perfect. I've been in this long enough to know that I'm just happy when someone moves and they don't hurt themselves, right? Move and don't hurt yourselves and just kind of try to understand. Educate them, teach them, yes, but get them to kind of move and don't hurt themselves. And if they actually enjoy doing it and if they actually find that they're they're having a good time while moving and being active and they found something they like, I find that that's the moment that you can turn and go, hey, all right, so you know how you like doing this thing? And you know how you, you know, that's something you enjoy. Yeah, I really like doing this. Well, if you want to get better at doing it, or if you want to, you know, feel kind of more balanced in this, or if you you want to explode more in power of that or whatever, this is a nice exercise that you can add on to kind of make that stronger. And they start to get why you're doing what you're doing, because they don't know why you're doing what you're doing, even if they think they know. They usually don't. The dots usually don't connect. And they have no clue. They're just... They're just machines going through instructions that you're plugging into them, and then they leave, and they may not know what they're doing. And you can even try to explain it to them. You can go over it a thousand and one times, but normally they just don't have a clue. They also don't care. They usually could care less about it sometimes, and they, they know if they feel better, and they know if they have a good time. But if you can get them really psyched and, and jazzed about these things, then I find more than not they turn and they go, well, why does that do that? Or, or this is kind of fun. Yeah, I like doing this. Is there something else that's kind of like this? And you can get them to actually be interested in the subject of training. <laughs> you can actually get them to be interested in the subject of, of movement. You can move them away for, or, or diet and cooking and all these kinds of things. You can move them away from 
being the individual that just you know watches a bad documentary on Netflix or reads some sort of hyped up uh, you know new book that's come out that says something's bad or something's evil, you can move them away from that, and you can actually get them in a place where they're like, oh, so this is another knowledgeable topic in which that you can add on your intelligence to it as years go by with the collection of information. Yeah. Oh, so this isn't something that just everybody just you know kind of knows and. And we just have knowledge. No, it's like anything. It's like chess. It's like, it, it's like any sort of mastery subject. You're not going to know it just from going to the gym and training three days a week for two years and not asking any questions. You're not knowledgeable of that subject just because you do that. But you can be if you want to be. And the only way I think that you're going to get people excited about wanting to know the subject is if you make it fun and if you make it something that they really seem that they want to do and if you connect the them and help them understand it. And it might seem a little deep, and it might seem a little heavy, but I, I, you know, and someone might be like, well, isn't that a lot of work? And it's like, yeah, no, it's, it's a lot of work. But like you said, they can come in one day a week and learn things. You know, they, it's, it's like any sort of subject. They, they don't have to learn it all at once. You know, they can learn it over time. But I think the important thing is to make sure that they know they're learning something. Make sure that they know that, that it's not just running through the motions and just dry things. Because when you really stop to think about how much people in the, in the world and in the day just sit around and are blankly going through the motions and not realizing that there was something that they should probably be taking away from it, it's really scary. <laughs> it's really all of a sudden like, wow, um, we're really kind of going through things, aren't we? And not asking why, not figuring it out. We're just, we're just going through. And um, I think that people get empowered by understanding the why. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think that if you could just really do something for your clients is to let them know that they're there to learn something. How easy can you make it to want to learn it? And how can you make that applicable for them? And uh, I, I think it changes everything. And there's not one client I have that's doing exercises that they're not kind of jazzed to do or that they're not having fun doing on some sort of level. And it usually leads to more you know, working in some of the more boring stuff, if you will, or, or some of the more um, not as sexy, if you will, things to, to help assist them in those things. And I, I really do find it works like that. No, and I love it. And I think it's a good place to end. And maybe for the last, you know, so-called question is maybe you can leave my audience with some powerful and amazing parting words. <laughs> <laughs> That's no pressure. No pressure <laughs> right. at all. Right. Um, Bam. Some powerful, <laughs> powerful and amazing parting words. I, uh, I, I will. I guess I will. I will leave on. I will leave on this note of of. Uh, and and I guess it it kind of goes by if, if maybe there was a theme of the podcast. It's about you know, education or learning or going to a deeper level of understanding something, but. I'm, I'm doing a challenge right now with my uh, membership group uh, that's the, we're calling it Mindful for the Holidays Challenge because it's certainly not going to be Don't Eat for the Holidays Challenge. And um, they have to ask themselves why. That's 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 kind of what they have to do. They have to figure out a goal. So uh, whatever the goal is, if it's, if it's something like not eating uh, in a deficit or they're having a hard time not eating in a deficit or, or restricting food or whatnot um, or any sort of goal, they have to they have to ask themselves why. You know, so it's not about data collecting for the sake of data collecting. I ate 1,800 calories a day. I slept five hours. I exercised for 40 minutes. There's those kind of journals, and there's that kind of data collection, and that's great. Uh, but this is a different kind of journal. It's a journal that says, why did you eat 1,600 calories? Why did you sleep five hours? You know, Why did you do that 40-minute workout? What do you expect to happen from it? And um, essentially, I, I think, the most important thing that we can do for ourselves is to just not walk through the world with blinders on and on automatic pilot. There are times we need to de- you know, disconnect and decompress, and that's great. That's great. Of course, it's great. But I think it's such a short life, and we have so much that we can try to get in and get done. And if I think you can do something for yourself, especially you know this being... Uh, perhaps the holiday season or winter when we like to hibernate or all these kinds of things for most people around the world. Um, I, I would simply say, why do you care that someone makes a comment about what you're eating Yeah, at the dinner table? Why do you care? You know, Why do you let it get to you? Why are you still making the same goal over and over again? What does it mean to you? 
You know, who do you want to be? You know, how much do you trust yourself? You know, these are the questions. Not, you know, oh, can I lose, you know, four to ten pounds of fat? Yeah, yeah, you can. Everybody can. Everybody can do that. That's not a problem. Why are you not doing it? You know, why are you procrastinating it? Why is it being held off? Uh, I would basically embrace the inner six-year-old child who's really annoying his parents, and uh, and I would I would be that person again, and I would just you know ask yourself why, and you may or may not enjoy some of the answers to the questions, or maybe you don't know yet. Uh, but I guess I'll, I'll leave on the note and just be like you know when you when you turn this off, if there's something that you're having a hard time dealing with, or something that you're having a hard time figuring out what's going on or, or keep struggling with. Uh, the first question I would say is, well, you know, why do you think that is? And uh, maybe it'll lead to a path. So that's my, that's my ending power statement. No, that was amazing. Wise words once again. All right, boys and girls, that is going to wrap up episode 200. Holy fuck. I can't believe we got this far together. And again, I want to thank every single one of you for supporting me from day one any new listeners listening up, and any people who just jumped on my podcast, you know, in the last six months, like, I am so happy to have every single one of you listening to my show every single week, and binge listening, and, you know, spreading the word, like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, and one thing I would love for every single one of you to do is, you know, leave a review on my podcast, so if you're listening on iTunes, like please leave a review if you're on Google Play or any kind of Android device, please leave a review, you know, five stars, one star, whatever you think this podcast is, it'd be highly appreciated. And make sure you hit the show notes, add me on Facebook, click the link. I would love to have every single one of my listeners on Facebook so you can also see the videos and blogs that I write that I share every single day and keep your eye out for my book. God, I am so close to finishing this thing. Like I'm this past weekend I spent so like at least 3 hours editing this thing and it is so tedious to make sure it looks all pretty and perfect and the spacings are are correct so then it doesn't fuck up the PDF file of it. But I am most likely going to do a pre-sale, a secret pre-sale to all my listeners before I release it so you guys get a discount and get your hands on it first before anybody else. And make sure you share, 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 share this podcast with your friends and I will be forever in your debt and I'm going to continue giving you the best fitness and health advice out there every single week. Until next time, you guys, that's it for me.